I want you to go with me to the book of Proverbs this morning in the Old Testament, Proverbs in chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15 this morning. It is the Thanksgiving season, I don't have to tell you that. Thanksgiving can be a fun time. It can be a joyful time for some to get together with family visit. It's one of those holidays our family really looks forward to since we usually try to travel and be with family on on Thanksgiving Day and and around those days. Uh, We don't normally travel around Christmas, so so Thanksgiving for us is a time for us to kind of go down state and be with family. We have plans to do that this coming week, and we look forward to that. For others, the Thanksgiving season can be difficult, and, and I understand that. I've spent a couple of Thanksgivings away from my family. I remember being in the military and being far from from my dearest and, and nearest and dearest loved ones and family and friends and and, and knowing what that was like to be to feel like you're all alone, even though you're in the midst of lots of people. The Thanksgiving season can be can be a difficult time for those who don't have family to enjoy. It can be a difficult time for those who maybe they have family, but they don't get along with their family. Maybe you know what that's like, or maybe you have family that you don't just don't get to see. We gather together today for this time of worship and this time of fellowship in God's Word, and then after this time, we're going to have a, a meal together, and this is a time, maybe maybe you don't have a time, a time with your family at Thanksgiving. I hope that this is a time that we get to enjoy together today that will refresh and encourage you. But did you know that even if we didn't have this time together today, and even if we didn't have time uh, at Thanksgiving time, to rejoice with our families, to celebrate, and to reflect on God's goodness. Do you remember? Do you remember God's word when you read in it that that we are we are told to be thankful always? You know that that it's possible for us as believers in Christ, for all who have placed their faith in Christ, is possible no matter what your circumstances to actually have not just a Thanksgiving day, but Thanksgiving every day. And I'm not talking about the food, although that would be okay too. Is possible for us to have thanksgiving every day if our faith is in Christ? In fact, I believe the Bible makes it very clear that for the believer, thanksgiving should be every day. I want to encourage you this morning, and I want to just make you stop and think. If I do nothing else today, just to stop and think and, and realize that this thanksgiving season should not be a season. <laughs> okay? It shouldn't be a passing. You know, we see the seasons, right? And today we're getting a a fresh glimpse of a new season with all the snow on the ground. But Thanksgiving shouldn't be a passing season for those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving should be a way of life. Thanksgiving should be something that we can celebrate all year long and every day. I believe God's word makes that very clear for us, that for the believer, Thanksgiving should never be just a one-day celebration. Thanksgiving for the believer in Christ should be an all-year-long celebration of God's goodness, of God's grace, of God's mercy, and all through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can say that because of what I know about God's Word, which teaches believers that they are to be thankful always. 
For example, one such passage, which is likely very familiar to you, most of you, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me give you another one. Hebrews 12, 28 is another passage that highlights for, for believers why they should be thankful 365 days a year. When it reminds us of our salvation, I mean, just think of it, our salvation through faith in Christ and the kingdom of God we belong, uh, we belong to, for which we ought to always be grateful to God. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful. Thankful, right? Grateful. For receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Grateful people. Thankful people because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible goes even further than this in that it not only teaches believers to be thankful for the many remarkable blessings of God, but do you realize the Bible even says be thankful in the trials you face? Because even the trials help fulfill God's purposes for his people and they help God's children mature in Christ. It says First Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In this you rejoice. Yes, we have trials. Yes, we have difficulties we face. They are, they are temporary. They may not seem like it right now, but our trials are temporary because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible makes it clear for us, for all who have faith in Christ, the Bible makes it clear for us in more ways than one that believers in Jesus Christ should be thankful at all times. Not just on Thanksgiving Day, not just during a Thanksgiving season. But how can that be? And I know, we, we do face difficulties, don't we? We do, do face challenges, and you might be saying, well, how can that be? How can I be thank-filled? How can I be thankful at all times? Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, I can tell you the Lord knows what you're going through. And he gave you his word, and his word tells you to be thankful always. And he tells me to be thankful always. So how can it be? How can we learn to be believers in Christ who are thankful all the time, even when life can be so difficult and challenging? How can we learn to be always thankful when there are so many things that seem to interrupt our plans and derail our days, right? You ever feel like that? It's just, well, I wasn't expecting that today, or I wasn't expecting that this week, or why, why this year with that problem? I sent you to Proverbs 15 earlier. I want you to look with me at Proverbs 15 and move your finger down to verse 15. I want to look at verses 15 through 17 this morning because it's here that I want to show you an example of what your life can be like when you give thanks at all times. And then I want to show you the first of two, two ways to cultivate that year-round thankfulness in your life. Note how Proverbs 15, verses 15 through 17 says that, all the days of the afflicted are evil. 
but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. So for those who are believers in Christ, I'm arguing, as I believe God's word makes clear to us, Thanksgiving should be an all-year-long celebration. And in verse 15, we see an example of what your life can be like if you're a believer who learns to give thanks always. And I say learn because sometimes we need to learn some things, right? And we don't do things naturally. I would suggest that giving thanks always is one of those things that we don't likely do naturally. So we need to learn this as believers who obey God's word. We learn to give thanks always. And so as we look at verse 15, we have an example of what our life can can look like if we're believers who learn to give thanks always. There are actually two examples here, and you saw them, one negative and one positive, one bad news, one good news, and verse 15 begins with the bad news because, I mean, you know, who wants the, the bad news last, right? I want to hear the bad you, you say I've got bad news and good news. I want to hear the bad news first, please, okay? And so verse 15 gives us the bad news first, right? Look at verse 15 again. All the days of the afflicted are evil. Now, what does that mean? All the days of the afflicted are evil. There are cues in the original language of this text that help us understand that the one who is afflicted here in verse 15 is one who is inwardly afflicted. Try not to think about the outward affliction put on people by others. This is inward affliction. As one commentator says, life can be delightful or difficult depending on one's circumstances and disposition. And that's true for all of us. You realize that? We all have difficult circumstances. And yes, sometimes some people's circumstances can be worse than others. But we all know what difficult circumstances are. And I think this commentator is right. Life can be delightful or difficult, depending on one's circumstances and disposition. You see, it's always amazing to see how some people go through relatively minor difficulties, and and those difficulties can seem to create for them such great inner turmoil. I've been that person. I know what that's like to to face something that's fairly minor and to make a, a huge mountain out of it, right? It is amazing when we when we experience that, when we realize this is a minor problem. Why am I why am I so affected by this? Why am I so overwhelmed by this? Why am I such in such great inner turmoil? And then there are other people at the same time, we look at other people's lives and we think, my word, they're going through such deep, dark valley in life right now. How are they not beside themselves? Like, I think I would be if I were them. And that's because the delightful or difficult life isn't necessarily the result of one's circumstances, right? The delightful or difficult life isn't necessarily the result of our circumstances. It's more or less a result of our disposition, That is how we choose to respond to the difficulties of life. And that's why we also find the good news, thankfully, in verse 15. Look at verse 15 again, where we see the second half of the verse says, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. So verse 15 points to two kinds of people. The first kind has difficulties, and I would suggest, as all people do who breathe air, right? 
right? We, are we all there? We all know that all people have difficulties. The first kind has difficulties, but all people have difficulties. But this first kind of person is burdened with inner turmoil, this inner affliction. And verse 15 says that it's as if all his days are evil. The idea here is for the one who is overwhelmed by their difficulties, it can seem like all their days are difficult and dark. And all my days are trouble, this person says. But then there's the second kind of person who... I mean, let's face it, this person also has difficulties. And how do we know that? Well, because this person is also a human being, right? And human beings have problems. But this person has a cheerful heart. So much so, it's as though his life is like a continual feast. And then in the next two verses, there are two spiritual disciplines that will help us learn to be the the second person and not the first person. Because that's what we want, right? We want to be the second person, the the continual feast person. (laughs) And that's where I need to stop you again. We're not talking about food here, okay? (laughs) It might include food, but it's not limited to that, okay? So here here we are in these next two verses that we're looking at. In Proverbs 15, there are two spiritual disciplines that are going to help us learn to be that second person and not the first person. Two spiritual disciplines that will help grow in God's people year-long thankfulness. So look at verse 16 again where it says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. So here's the first spiritual discipline that will help grow in us year-round thankfulness. And we ought to want to be people of God who are thankful all the time. And we only have time to look at this first spiritual discipline this morning, but Lord willing, next week we'll see the second. So here's the first spiritual discipline that will help you grow in in your thankfulness year-round. Thankfulness to God. Here's the first one. Cultivate holiness. Cultivate holiness. And here's what I mean. Learn to believe and obey God's word. You want to become you want to become a person of God who is able to be thankful always, thankful 365 days a year, thankful year round, cultivate holiness. Learn to believe and obey God's word. And I get this here in verse 16 from that phrase, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. You know the fear of the Lord is better than great wealth. That's what it's telling us here, right? It's better than having all all that you could possibly have in this world without the fear of the Lord. It is better to have the fear of the Lord, which I learned from God's word, is really a heart, a mind, a life that learns to believe and obey God's word. That's cultivating holiness. That's cultivating Christ-likeness. It's cultivating a purity of life. And says, verse 16, the fear of the Lord with only a little bit of this world's goods is far better than great treasure and the trouble that comes with it. And we can identify with this, right? Because we live in a culture, we live in a society, we live in a world where, at least in our nation, we have and have and have, right? We have far more than we need. Um, It's one reason I don't like to open my garage door. 
You know what I mean? It's like, do not open the garage door. Everybody's going to see all of our junk, right? And if you want some junk, well, maybe later. Kids ask what I want for Christmas. A clean garage, please, okay? Now you know, okay, guys? Right, we... We have so much stuff, right? And you know what comes with many, many things? Many things have gears and switches and things. And, you know, just to, just to try to take care of your home, right? Just to try to take care of your house. And you, you live in, in a house where there are a lot of people and light switches wear out. Did you know that? <laughs> replaced a few. We've replaced a few outlets. You know why? Because those things get used all the time. And what, what happens when we have many things in this world? We can get overwhelmed with them, right? And just maintaining them and just keep keeping them going. I'm not saying having things is wrong, but I'm saying that we understand this perspective, don't we? That we can have a lot of things and the turmoil and the difficulty that comes with those things. It's far better to have this. It's far better to have the fear of the Lord and just a little bit of the world's goods. If you've got the fear of the Lord, you've got what you really need, okay? Fear of the Lord is so great for growing in us a year-long thankfulness. It is so good. It is so necessary for us for growing in a year-round thankfulness. So what is the fear of the Lord? I want to just think about this for a little bit this morning. What is the fear of the Lord? Can we be clear on this? Let's, let's try to be clear on this and understand what it means to be the fear of the, to be in fear of God. Because sometimes I think we misunderstand and we, and we kind of twist it and think, oh, it's a, it's the person who, cowers at the thought of God's wrath and punishment. And, and I have to say that there's part of that is true, but that's not all, okay? That's really not even the biggest part of it. First of all, for the believer in Christ, the fear of the Lord should be understood as a reverence of God. We need to get this right because if the fear of the Lord is so important that if we have very little of what this world can offer and, a, and, and the proper fear of the Lord is going to bring us everything we need, we need better understand this. First of all, for the believer in Christ, the fear of the Lord should be understood as a reverence of God. And you know what you do when you revere someone? If you have reverence for God, you know what you do? You want to know who God is, right? If you respect someone, if you revere them, you want to know about them. You want to know who they are. You want to understand them. You want to know what makes them tick. If you have reverence for God, you're going to want to know God. And do you know how to know God? It's in your hands, I hope. It's in the Bible. You know God from his word. So first of all, we need to understand that a fear of the Lord is a reverence of God. Hebrews 12, verses 28-29 gives us a very good description of what this looks like in the life of a Christian. Therefore, let us be grateful. You could even say thankful there. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Now you hear that last phrase and you go, cower in the corner, right? Fear of God. Our God is a consuming fire. That's why I say part of our fear of God or part of our understanding of this has to be a bit of understanding that God, our God is a consuming fire. That phrase points to his just judgment on sin, okay? And on those who refuse to repent and turn from their sin. But get this right. 
God is gracious and loving, and he saves those who trust in Jesus Christ, and he saves them from his just wrath on their sin because he poured out his wrath on his son so that all who believe in his son are saved. Praise God. There's also a great reason for us to be grateful to God as seen here in the fact that all who trust in Christ receive the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? We receive the eternal kingdom of God through faith in Christ, which cannot be shaken or taken from us, in other words. It cannot be taken from all who believe in Christ. And a fear of the Lord will lead God's people to to give him their, and we hear it here in this Hebrews 12 passage, give him their acceptable worship, which is with reverence and awe. We come to our times of worship like that, I trust. It's why we do things orderly. We have an order to the service. It's why we stop and and read scripture at times, and we stop and pray at times. It's, it's why we preach the word because God's word says to, right? It's why we sing together in unison songs of praise of God because we want to give God our acceptable worship with reverence and awe. And if you fear God, you want to know who he is and you want to honor him as the one true God. And this, this time of worship together really should just fuel the worship that we give to God throughout the week as we reverently fear God. Proverbs 1, seven also declares, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so a proper fear of God says, I want to know God. I want to know who he is. So it's only when we have a reverent fear of the Lord which causes us to rightfully and properly worship him that God blesses us with his wisdom, wisdom for this life, to live in ways that please and honor him and express our love for him. Deuteronomy 10.12 also records for us that the fear of the Lord is the basis for our walking in his ways, obeying him, serving him, even loving him. Listen to verse 12 from Deuteronomy 10. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? And then further down in verses 20 and 21, you shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And by his name you shall swear, he is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. And we note as well that the fear of the Lord is also understanding who God is and how much he hates sin, right? We understand that. And that he judges sin. Says Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11, and you have forgotten, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? 
for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, God, disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the fear of the Lord means that believers don't treat their sins lightly. They don't consider them as something minor because God doesn't treat our sins as something minor. Our sins are so serious that he, that he had his son crucified for our sins. And we, and we ought to seek to discipline ourselves in the wisdom of God's word so that we might honor him with our obedience. That's the fear of the Lord. Certainly God disciplines in love as we just heard in Roman, in Hebrews 12.6. But that doesn't make his treatment of sin any less serious or less fearful to us. And so there is a measure of God's just wrath on sin that gives us a sober understanding of who God is, and that's a measure of the fear of the Lord. And while there's no reason to be scared of God, as Romans 8 says in verses 38 and 39, powerfully reminds us that nothing can separate all who believe in Christ from the love of God. Wonderful passage there in Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, yet the fear of the Lord should cause us to want to obey him. And so we don't serve with with fear like we go to the corner and cower and do nothing because we're afraid of what God will do if we don't serve him and obey him. We, we serve with joy, knowing that we are rescued and redeemed from our sins, knowing that he poured out his wrath on his son so that, so that we could be spared that. And a proper fear of the Lord takes very seriously his treatment of sin and takes very seriously sin in one's own life. And so if you take seriously the fact that the Lord disciplines his children and takes seriously your sin, then you should want to please God with your obedience. And the proper fear of the Lord helps you with that. So it's like the child who knows his parents love him. He may not express it. He may not say, I know my parents love me, but he knows deep down his parents love him. And, and yet he, there's a little bit of fear of their discipline, so he obeys. And for the believer in Christ who rightly fears the Lord, cultivating holiness of life, learning to believe and obey God's word, life can be full of thankfulness. When we obey God, when we honor Him with our obedience, when we properly fear the Lord and seek to please Him with, with the way that we live our lives, day in and day out, faithfully, just doing, doing, doing the, the small things of obedience. You know, obedience isn't one big step. It's lots of little steps. It's daily faithfulness in the things of God's Word. And for the believer who rightly fears the Lord and cultivates that holiness of life and learns to believe and obey God's word, life can be full, day to day, packed with thankfulness. Because God will, will move in in a miraculous way and help you see his many blessings and enjoy his many blessings even as you face the difficulties and hardships of life. Even in the midst of difficulties, there remains the presence of God's love and grace and mercy. And the believer who properly fears God and learns to believe and obey the word, who cultivates holiness, will begin to see God's blessings everywhere and will be a person who's growing in gratitude daily and thankfulness 
But the contrast that we see here in Proverbs 15 and verse 15, the sinful person is like the first, the first person who's, who we see here in verse 15. All, all the days that he lives are afflicted. All the days of the afflicted are evil. It's as though all his days are dark days because the sinful person, the sinful person who refuses to believe in God, who refuses to cultivate holiness, will not believe God, will not obey God's word. That person is at heart an unthankful person because they know nothing else. That person at heart is an ungrateful person, according to 2 Timothy 3.2, which, speaking of these days in which we draw closer daily to the return of Christ, says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. You can even say unthankful, unholy. You see, that person that we see in the first half of verse 15, that person doesn't know anything else but grief because they can't see the goodness of God because they're so fixed on themselves. Lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient. But God's people who cultivate holiness will be thankful people. You will not be able to Stop yourself from being a thankful people if you're cultivating holiness. And for those who cultivate holiness, verse 16 says, better is just a little. Better to have to go downstairs here this afternoon for our time of fellowship and to have only weak soup to share. Better to have that with the fear of the Lord than a, than a, than a major feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. You may not have much in this world. Your table may be empty on Thanksgiving Day. Your house may be empty on Thanksgiving Day. You may have no family to enjoy during a season such as this. But if you fear the Lord, if you cultivate holiness, if you seek to faithfully believe and obey God's word, you have everything you need. And God will help you see his many blessings clearly. And he will make you a person of great gratitude and thankfulness. And you will be able to give thanks all year long, every day. Every day will be thanksgiving for you. Let's pray and praise God. Our precious Heavenly Father, we do praise you. We thank you that you have seen fit to give us your word in written form that we can read for ourselves, that we can examine for ourselves and read again and study and be encouraged by. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this passage in Proverbs that helps set our thinking straight once again helps correct our vision once again in this world in which we live where things can get foggy for us, where we can be overwhelmed with difficulties and challenges and even we can become un ungrateful and unthankful people because we feel like we don't have what we deserve. Oh God, I pray that you would help us to, to cultivate holiness. Help us to learn what it is to, to believe and obey your word as we learn to fear the Lord. 
Lord, help us to seek to honor you and glorify you with our lives. And God, I pray that as we as we walk with your word and walk with Christ in your word and obedience to you, we trust that you will make us thankful people, joyful people, enjoying all your blessings that are ours, even this side of heaven, looking forward to that eternal home with you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to glorify you with our lives, that we might honor you, please you with our joyful thankfulness. Even in the midst of difficulties and challenges that we face, that we would see how clearly you have blessed us and you are blessing us even in the difficulties and challenges that that strengthen us and make us more like your son Christ. Lord, help us to trust in your word, depend upon you in faith. Help us to walk in your ways that we might know clearly your blessings and see them clearly all around us and rejoice always and make clear your goodness to the world in which we live and thank you daily. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.